0: From dream to destiny, Genesis 37, talking about Joseph's dreams. Just by way of review, last week we got into just the part of his dream, starting in 37 verse 6. It says, he said to them, listen to the dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed to it. We know that, praise God, Joseph is um, one of the youngest sons of his father, Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. So his family, praise the Lord, is the nation of Israel. Uh, Joseph was the youngest son he had at the time. He went on later to have Benjamin, um, the last one. But here we know that from the story that Joseph was his father's favorite, being born to him in an old age. He had received a coat of many colors. Many of you have heard that story. His brothers were angry and jealous of him. And now he has this dream, a God-given dream about his future. And he shares it with his brothers already who, who already hate him. And uh, it makes matters worse for, worse for that family relationship. Maybe he could have held that for a little while. But he shared and he showed the dream of as they're gathering sheaves and binding them together, his rises up and all of theirs bow down. And then he had a second dream to confirm it. Um, The sun, moon, and the 11 stars were bowing down to him. So the father Joseph kind of pondered this in his heart. He held this dream, um, knowing God. But anyway, it goes on to the story. And this part gets into Joseph being sold by his brothers. The Bible says that the father was sending him off to go and to um, see where his brothers are grazing the sheep and come back with a report. And while he's going out there, it says in verse 18, but they saw him from a distance. So you can follow the story with me if you uh, have the Bible on your phone or opening up your book. It's um, Genesis 37:18. They saw him in a distance and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Now, folks, sometimes we think of uh, all these Bible characters because there's name in their Bible that they're some sort of holy men from the beginning. Let me tell you, these are Jacob's uh, sons. These are Joseph's brothers. These are the leaders of the twelve tribes of Israel. And what do they want to do? They want to kill their brother. Okay, so that that sin nature of Adam is inside of them. Yet. God reached down while we were yet sinners and he calls a man named Abraham and he makes a covenant with him. And God's covenant with Abraham is favor, his blessing on Abraham. And he said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless your children and your children's children. I'm going to bless the whole world through you. So even though they had to sin nature, even though God's grace getting what we don't deserve and his favor was on that family. Amen? Praise the Lord. You know, you may have just graduated here. You may be in Fresh Start, maybe family members or what. Man, you've come to know Christ. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. When you've received Jesus, you entered into the covenant that God made with Abraham. And his blessing is on your life. We had a young girl just say it. You know, she didn't think she could read or pass the test enough. And then she started speaking that life that was in her, and things started to change. Amen. Amen. You've got to believe it. You're a believer in here and I'm speaking to mostly believers here. Amen. Amen. The favor of God is with you and in you. God made a covenant with Abraham and his favor was upon this whole family, even though they didn't have everything going just right yet. Okay, so they were plotting to kill him. And here they here he comes. and He says, hey, here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him. And throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal has devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. So they're mad at his dream. They're mad at him. You might have experienced that. You have a dream about your destiny. You have a hope in a future. And some of your homeboys or family members or people or people from your past are criticizing you, putting you down and persecuting you for it. And not wanting to see you realize, not wanting to see you make it. You might have some back there where you go home from here today after graduating, go back home. And there'll be a bunch of folks watching over you say, well, he's not, you know, this is just another rehab he's gone through. He's not going to make it. And they're already speaking death and already speaking negativity. Could be some of your own family members. Well, let's just see how long this lasts. Man, you don't want to listen to the things of the enemy. You want to believe what God has spoken to your heart and you want to speak that life. Amen. Hallelujah. So. Here he is, they're going to throw him into the pit. They're planning on killing him, telling his daddy he got uh, eaten by animals. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue them, him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into the cistern here in the desert, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. Praise God for the older brother. You know, somebody wanted to take care of them. The Bible goes on to say, So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the richly ornamented robe he was wearing. They took him and threw him into the cistern. Now in the cistern, even though it was empty, there was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm and myrrh. And they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. Blood And his brothers agreed. So they said, hey, at least we can, you know, if we're going to do this, we can make a little money off the deal. Here comes a caravan. Let's let's sell them. And so when the Midianite merchants came by, the brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. You know, I I told y'all last week, there's a parallel to the story of Joseph's life and Jesus. As a matter of fact, Joseph is a foretelling. It's a prophetic story foretelling the Savior Christ. And here he is. One of the first things you see is similarity. Jesus Christ came to his own He came first to this whole family, the Israelites. He came to the sons and daughters of Israel, of Jacob. He came to that whole Jewish culture, that Jewish religion that was prophesying about the Messiah. He came to his own and he was rejected by his own. So there's a parallel. You see Joseph, who was destined, praise God, to be the savior of the world at that time, was rejected by his own. Are you with me? Jesus was rejected by the Jews, and he reached out to the Gentiles. Joseph was rejected by his own, and he was sold into a Gentile, non-Jewish city, and he became a leader there, and ended up, at the end of the story, being salvation for them all, both Jew and Gentile. Ended up, Jesus Christ, praise God, rejected by his own, but for those who receive him, hallelujah, he becomes the Savior Of the whole world, both Jew and Gentile. Praise the Lord. So, he's being sold, and you can see the parallel here. It wasn't 30 shekels of silver like Judas sold Jesus. It was 20, praise the Lord, because Joseph wasn't Jesus. Amen? There's a parallel there, but not quite all the way. Amen? So, don't shed any blood. So, here he is in the pit. And sometimes, folks, on your way from your dream to your destiny... There's a few pits you might go through. There's a few, a few cisterns of this life. There's a few struggles you have to endure, but there's reason and there's purpose in it. If we look at that time and in the pit, I can imagine how Joseph felt completely rejected. You know, thought he was going to die. He's down in this way. The thoughts going through his mind. He could have had all kinds. He had a dream inside of him and now he's in a pit. Maybe you had a dream inside of you and you find yourself, you're sitting here in a city you're not sure about. And you're in a a rehab place and you're wondering what's going on. Maybe you've just been brought from the prison. Maybe you've been in a pit in your life. I don't know what all's going on. But from your dream to your destiny, there's sometimes struggles we're going through. Let's look at a few verses. If you can flip with me, we also know the story of Jonah was also in a pit. Flip, Flip with me to Jonah. And in Jonah, chapter 2, the Bible says, Jonah cried out from a pit he was in. In my distress, I called to the Lord. Chapter 2, verse 1. And he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. How many have been there? You hurled me into the deep, the very heart of the seas. The current swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward the holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deeps surrounded me. Seaweed wrapped around my head. The roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life Come on, you might feel this way. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And with that, you know, that fish, you know, put, put Jonah right where he needed to be. So many stories of, um, of people being in the pit and yet in their despair, sometimes it takes that. It takes you being down there. So the only place you have to look is up. And as you cry out to him in your distress, our father, God is merciful to reach down and bring you up from that miry clay. Amen. Sometimes it takes that. It takes us getting there in order in order to turn us around and get our focus to look up. And see him, praise the Lord. Turn with me to the Psalms, um, Psalm 16. Praise the Lord. And we're going to look at verse 7. From 7 to 11 in Psalm 16. Praise God. He says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave nor will you let your holy ones see decay you have made known to me the path of life you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand hear the psalmist is prophesying about the Christ Jesus that his body will not be left to decay in the grave the ultimate pit praise the Lord church is the grave and that ultimate pit can't even hold us hallelujah he has already delivered us praise God from the pit from the grave and our bodies are going to rise and be with him forever He said, I'll not let Christ's body see decay, okay? At the time of Jesus, they remembered this prophecy, praise the Lord. And they understood, and it was quoted again, that his body wouldn't see decay. He would rise from the grave, and you also that are in Christ are going to rise, and you won't be left to that pit as well. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Kelvin, Tony's not there. Amen. Her spirit because she knew Christ. Hallelujah. I praise the Lord for Fresh Start Program. I praise the Lord for this church. I praise the Lord that's reaching out to people in their despair, that can show them the Lord Christ, that they can be born again and know him. And we can know, praise the Lord, at the passing of our loved ones, we can rejoice knowing where they are. It's real, church. The kingdom of heaven is real. And I'm sure of it. I've had me a little taste. Amen. We have a guarantee of what is to come living on the inside of us. His name is the Holy Spirit. He is with us. He'll not leave our bodies to decay. So he's, they, sell, they sell Joseph. And they sell him to this band of Ishmaelites who's headed to Egypt. Praise God. And they're in the pit. Praise the Lord. He, you know, crying out to the Lord and seeing his deliverance. Now he's not dead. Praise God. He's been, you know, um, left. He's been left from his, his brothers. They they um, they rejected him and now he's sold. But praise God, let's see. Let's see what happens next. In, um in Genesis. Now, the Bible goes on to say in chapter 39. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. And the Bible says in in verse two, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Praise God. So, you know, he's on his way to his destiny. He goes through the pit, which is a type of test testing ground going toward your destiny now he's in uh this this grand house of one of the officials of Egypt one of the leaders the captain of the guard and he's made a slave for um for Potiphar but something about something special about this slave you see Joseph was a covenant man he had entered into that covenant that God had made with Abraham, and even though he's been through some struggle, the blessing of Abraham is on his life. So he has a covenant with God. So even as a slave in Egypt under Potiphar, they can see there's something special about this guy. No matter where you're starting your work, or you you know just get out and you're going back home finding a job. What you're doing, where you're going. Let me tell you something. If you're in Christ. The covenant of Abraham and the blessing of God is in you. And so now Joseph was in a pit... He, you know, he could be all angry. He could have turned this into a life of bitterness or vengeance or anger or hostility and hatred in his heart toward his brothers. He could have said, woe, pitiful me, but he did not. He chose to believe that God had given him a dream and that he had a destiny. And because of that, he's going to cling to what God says about him rather than what his brothers had just done or rather that he's a slave in Egypt. He could have been complaining to Potiphar and complaining about everything and and being negative in that house. But no, Potiphar saw something special. This man is blessed. The blessing of God that was upon Joseph overflowed to the house of Potiphar. The Bible says the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Verse three. When his master saw that the Lord was with him. Everybody see that? When you go to work tomorrow, I believe your boss and the people around you in that restaurant or that work or whatever you're doing will be able to see that God's with you. Here he was a slave, but yet the owner saw that the Lord was with him in that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Joseph found favor and became the attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and entrusted to his care everything he owned. Wow. This is a slave. This is a slave whose brothers hated him, who was thrown into a pit, who was sold by his brothers. This guy buys him. But when he buys him and brings him in his house, now everything Joseph does is blessed. It's like that commercial, the Midas guy, man. Everything touches, turned to gold, you know? Everything, if, if Potiphar asks him to do this, man, he does it right and he does it blessed and whatever assignment he has, it turns out well. Potiphar asked him to do that and man, when he puts his hands to it, that thing gets worked out and gets fixed for Potiphar and his home is blessed because of this slave. There's something about this guy. Folks, I want to remind you what it is. It's God in him. And if you're a believer in Christ, your sin has been washed and cleansed by his blood so that God can live in you. That's right. If you're a Christian, let me remind you: God, this God, this same God that was in Joseph, lives in you. Amen. You're not a filthy, rotten sinner with all of your sin piled up as a list this long and all you've done wrong and all your struggle and all your hatred and unforgiveness and things that have been done to you and things you've done to others. It's not a record there. No, if you're a Christian, if you believe you've been forgiven and that has been taken away, nailed to the cross and the blood has cleansed you and the reason he wanted to cleanse you is that he could live in you. So, wow, you can just take a deep breath if you're a believer in here and say, wow, God lives in me. So now I want you to I'm just I'm teaching you this going over this story because I want you to learn how to practice his presence. Everybody say practice his presence. Knowing this faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of Christ and hearing it and hearing it today understanding that Christ is in you. Now I want you to practice His presence when you walk out, knowing this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. My body is holy. My sins have been cleansed. I'm not a sinner. I'm a saint, sanctified by God. Christ lives in me. He loves me. I'm with Him. And I'm walking with Him tonight. i go home. I'm walking with Him today when I meet my family, have lunch. I'm walking with Him when I'm dealing with my children. I'm walking with Him when I go to work tomorrow. And everywhere I go, God goes with me. I'm going to think about His presence and what I'm doing during the day and how I'm speaking to others and how I'm going about my task. Whatever I'm doing. Praise the Lord. God's walking with me. I'm practicing his presence and I can be assured that the kingdom of God has come to this earth. Why? Because I'm walking on it and Christ is living in me. Didn't he say the kingdom of God is within you? Didn't he say you are the light of the world now? Now that the light has come and you have received the light. Now you are the light of the world and everywhere you go. Joseph, this is an example of that Christ in him. So favor was in his job. You can go to a, a, a distracting situation, a strifeful situation in a place and the peace of God can step into that situation and you can speak life and peace and it'll settle the place down. In your workplace, they can be fussing, cussing, all kind of uh, manner of griping, complaining, complaining against the owner, complaining against the boss, speaking negative, and you can come in and speak a kind word and say life instead of death, and it'll change the situation at your job. Amen. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in all 30 of them. That's right. That's right. I'm telling you, praise the Lord greater is he. You can know who you are in Christ. You've been given an assignment. The kingdom of God has been placed in you, and you're to carry it throughout the earth. Be fruitful and multiply, he said, and fill the earth. Take this garden of Eden, example of Adam and Eve in a blessed garden. Now take this and carry this garden where heaven meets earth and fill the earth with my blessing. Satan came and messed it up. Jesus came and fixed it. Now the blessing has come back to the people who believe. Are you with me? So here Joseph has the favor of God, even though in the natural he's a slave. From time to time, verse 5, he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned. And the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. I speak that in the name of Jesus. If you work in an oil field, if you work at a restaurant, if you work at Fresh Start, if you work whatever, whatever, wherever you work in, that place is going to be blessed because of you. Your home health job, your whatever, whatever. The place is blessed because you walk into it because you carry the anointing of God. See yourself as the very living, breathing body of Christ. The blessing of the Lord was with everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. You'll be blessed in the field. You'll be blessed in the house so that he left Joseph's care, everything he had. And with Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Wow. Now, so now we see Joseph had a dream. He's on his way to his destiny. He's been through the pit and now he's a slave in Egypt. But the blessing is still with him. Okay. He didn't, you know, stay angry, upset, mad. He began to speak life and positive. He had a dream and a destiny. Praise God. Now it says, now Joseph was well built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come lay with me. Come to bed with me. Wow. Wow. So now he's been in a test of the pit He's been a test of the palace with favor. Now, is he going to use this favor and this blessing on his life to take advantage and to mess up? Here comes another test, fellas. Hey, some of you guys just graduated. You'll be tested with this same test. The favor of God's on your life. I pray and believe you're going to go get a job. You're going to be blessed. Get involved in a good church with somewhere along the line. What we've seen What we've seen when we see people fall back to addiction. First they fall to sexual immorality and then to addiction. Telling you ahead of time. It doesn't have to be that way for you. You can hear the word now and adhere to it. God's speaking this for a reason. Okay. So here Joseph with his favor and this woman who is the wife of the head of the house, Potiphar. He's the wife of all. She, she takes notice and she tempts him. She wants him. Come to bed with me. Impurity begins with the eye. Okay. Be careful little eyes what you see. Go with me to Psalm 101. And the Psalms 101. And hold your spot in Genesis 39. Psalm 101 says it this way in verse 3. I will set before my eyes no vile thing. I will set before my eyes no vile thing. Proverbs twenty-seven twenty says it this way. Death and destruction are never satisfied. Neither are the eyes of man. They say to talk about lust. With lust, as you seek to fulfill it, there's a continual lust for more. It's never, the lust of the flesh are never satisfied. And, uh, you know, there's such a, a rampant problem in this earth today, in the church and in the world, also with pornography. It leads so many, it's broken so many homes, so many marriages, so much struggle. Why? It's so easy these days. It's not like there's some men in here would never stoop so low as to stop at a store and go in and try to buy a Playboy magazine or something in fear of getting caught by their wife or their children or someone else. But yet, innocently, you have a phone and you have an email and you're bombarded with junk of the world that's coming to your, that you didn't invite, you didn't ask, you didn't go seeking, and yet it's coming to your phone and asking you to click on it. And with a, you know, if you've been fighting for your wife for a few weeks or you've been missing her, you've been away from each other or you don't have one or something and the lust of the flesh and you begin to click and look and next thing you know, it, that vile stuff comes and it begins to seek them into your eyes and into your mind and then into your heart and there's a continual lust for more and it grows worse and worse. Folks, don't even go there. Man, I encourage you, men of God, women of God. It happens to women too. Look and seek and talk and spreading uh, it around, passing notes, this and that and the other. Look, I encourage you. Hey, have accountability. Let your wife look at your phone. Let you look at her. Let, be careful. Let me tell you something. I, have, I never, ever go there. I never go there and click on it. Say, why? Not because I'm saying how strong I is. I am. I'm telling you I never go there because I know I'm weak. And now let the weak say I am strong. I'm weak in myself. So Lord, I'm going to rely on you to deliver me. And now I can say I'm strong in you because I know I'm weak in myself. Are you with me? I encourage you. The word goes in it. And so here he's being tested in this. He has a destiny. But before he gets to the destiny, there's some trials and some testing and some work on his character that has to happen. Psalm Praise the Lord. I'll set my eyes before no vile thing. Death and destruction, uh, the eyes of man never satisfied. Go to Proverbs from Psalms. Flip over a few more pages. Go to Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs four. Look at verse 20. My son, my daughters, pay attention to what what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a whole man's body. The words are health to us. You know, there's all kind of ways to diet, exercise, eat right and stuff. The best way to be healthy is the word. I believe in doing all those things, too. Man. Man. You know, we got a fitness center. Hey, if you don't know it yet, praise God, River of Life. If you're a member of the church, you're an automatic free member of the River of Life Fitness Club. We got it right out right back there. If you're a covenant member and you give to this church, we'll give you a code. Amen. You can keep yourself fit, exercise, eat right. I believe in it. But the best way to stay healthy is by the word. The word is life to those who are and health to all your bones. The word is. Amen. So this word. Is telling us this, above all else, verse 23, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. doesn't matter if all those around you at work or in the world or, you know, whatever you're doing out there is talking filthy and corrupt. You don't have to join in. You don't have to join in with the world's way of speaking negatively and speaking corrupt and speaking perversion. You don't have to. Are you that weak? You know, it shocked me as a young man going up and becoming a Christian and listening and hearing some older guys who I thought were Christians, deacons at the church, listening to that, and going out and seeing him, and then hearing their, hearing their filthy talk. It's like, what? I didn't know this was going on. It was disgusting to me. You know? Keep the, keep the falsehood and the negativity and the corrupt from them and rebuke it. Say, hey, you don't have to talk like that around me, okay? I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember teaching at school, first I heard kids say, G D. Man, I had more zeal than wisdom then. I was a coach, kind of coach that used to have a paddle back in your belt. I remember that day. They don't do none of these young guys, they don't remember that. Back in the day, the coaches used to carry a paddle in our belt. We could whack them when we wanted. We didn't have to have all the permission from the principal. (laughs) And, and Clayton, I heard a I heard a kid say G.D. in the hallway and I grabbed him and I shoved him against the lockers about two feet on the air. And I said, man, you'd be better off cursing your mother than cursing my God. <laughs> and you know, at that time, there was a thing going around where they didn't want to hear anybody cursing their mother. You know, it was a thing anyway. So anyway, praise the Lord. But I, I've, I've calmed down to that. It's not about zeal there. It's about more wisdom. But, praise the Lord, you know, I still, you know to, to have the, the foul perversion and cursing and speaking just like the world does because that's what they do. You have the favor of God. You've been blessed. You've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. You've been washed. Hallelujah. We used to walk in this, but now we don't. We've been cleansed. We're changed. The Spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit, lives in you and flows through you. Wow. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is a wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet. And take only ways that are, that are firm. Church, those graduated, do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Then it goes on in chapter 5 in the whole Verse of chapter 5 is warning against fornication, adultery. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Follow along with me, church, in chapter 5. I want you to see it. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen well to the words of my insight, that you may maintain destruction and your lips may preserve knowledge. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey. Her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths are crooked, but she knows it not. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside for what I say. Keep to a path far from her do not go near the door of her house lest you give your best strength to others and your years to one who is cruel lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich another man's house why at the end of your life you will groan and your flesh and body are spent you will say how i hated discipline and my heart spurned correction is there someone in here hating this word today? Somebody here spurning against correction from the word of God? Come on, don't leave me soften your hat, your, your heart. Lord, Lord, speak to my heart. Change me, keep my eyes. Help me be wise and listen to correction. I would not obey my teachers or listen to my instructors. I have come to the brink of utter ruin in the midst of the whole assembly. The Bible says in verse 15, drink water from your own cistern. Running water from your own well. It's not really talking about water there, church. There you go. Should your springs overflow in the streets? Should your streams of water flow out in public squares? Let them be yours alone. Never to be shared with strangers. May the fountain, may your fountain be blessed. And may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Praise the Lord. God created that, hey there's some young people in there, let me talk to you too. God created that sexual union to be beautiful and wonderful, wonderfully blessed. He created to bring pleasure and intimacy in a man and a woman and to make the two of you become one. That's why it's not supposed to be given to anyone else. Young people in here, save yourself for your future husband or your future wife. Save yourself. Guard yourself and say, you know what? I believe in this. I'm going to take this correction. I'm going to understand. I'm not going to make the mistakes of maybe my aunt or my sister or my mother or my father, or my sister, or my brother. There's a way the world does it. And there's a way the, wor- the word says to do it. Lord God, I'm going to follow your way because your way is right and your way is the most blessed. Now, there's been all kind of... Drug addiction, corruption, alcoholism, theft, feeling. There's all all kind of adultery, all kind of mess right in here. But in the name of Jesus, he comes and whips and bleeds and die to pay for all of our mess and our sin. To cleanse us from all the past and put his new spirit, his Holy Spirit in us. Not that we can go back. He didn't set you free to sin. He sets you free from sin. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we're not condemning or judging anyone in here in the past. We're just correcting and showing you there's a better way to your future to walk. And here's a story about it right here in Joseph. And let me get to the end for today. Amen? Because it's time to close. The Bible says she came to him day after day. And you know what Joseph did? He ran. Ladies, guys, sometimes it's better not to flirt with disaster. Just run. (laughs) Say no and run. He was there tempting her day after day, and he wanted to guard his heart. He knew he had the favor of God on his life. He wanted to continue walking in that obedience and that favor. So you have to say no to the world and yes to God. And she grabbed him and said, come on, and he could have. And he chose, I'm going to keep the integrity of my heart, even though my brothers threw me in a pit and I was sold into slavery. He could have said, well, God, where were you then? If you didn't weren't saving me there, I'm just going to go ahead and run from you and do whatever I want. No, he's kept the integrity of his heart and said, I'm going to do it your way anyway. And he ran from the woman. She grabbed his coat and she began to accuse him falsely and he was thrown into a dungeon not for right for 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 selling drugs or doing wrong or stealing somebody's four-wheeler to sell it for your drugs we know things he was thrown in the dungeon for righteousness okay church we're closing With this part, I'm going to finish it next week, hopefully. But here he is being accused unrighteously, being falsely accused and punished. And how did he handle it? He didn't throw up his hands and say, well, God, I'm not going to follow you anymore. I've tried and look where it's got me in a dungeon. No, he stayed faithful to God even in the dungeon. He was faithful to him in the pit. He was faithful to him in the palace and now he's faithful to him in the dungeon because he has a destiny God's working on and you have a destiny, but there's some tests you've got to go through. And sexual morality is one of the tests you'll be going through. He wants to bless you. He's got a husband for you, a wife for you. Don't settle for the wrong one. Don't go looking for them at a club or a bar. I found out through uh, the best of the Delta, not only is Fresh Start the best addiction recovery center of the whole Delta, but do you know what was rated the number one best place for singles to meet in the Delta? It was Christ Church Thursday night meeting called The Table. Hey! Young people, if there's not enough Fellas or ladies around here for your liking, go to the table, Christ Church, talk to the Lord. Amen? No, I'm serious. It's better to meet a person that you want to love, looking for a husband or wife, in the church than in the world. Too many young people go looking for the club, looking for the bar. They're halfway drunk when they meet the one they think is so hot. I got better news for you. Hey, take the wisdom from God. I'm preaching from the word. Take the wisdom from God. Go, go. He wants to bless you. There's a better way. Praise the Lord. Marriage, family, one man, one woman together for life. I don't care who's blown it, how many times in the past. In the name of Jesus, you are forgiven. But from here on out, let's do it God's way. Amen. From here on out, okay? I ask you again, continue to read the story of Joseph in Genesis. Next week, we'll finish up. We'll continue with the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker in the dungeon and how God used these tests to reach, get, get him to his destiny to become the savior of the world at that time. Father, I thank you for all these who graduated. I thank you for this word. Help us, Lord God, to heed to instruction, to hear from you, to follow you. Lord God, let us practice your presence, your presence in our life in everything we do and say. Lord, let us be aware of your presence in Jesus name. Hey, have a great day. We love you all.